Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, this is Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here in New York City. Now, we normally come at you from 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, but today, special treat, we're in the bowels of the CBS Broadcast Center. Speaking of bowels, Senator Chuck Schumer, he had some interesting things to say. And what I find interesting is, I think I agree in part with what he had to say. No, 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 not the Supreme Court and all that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about this threat that he made. And that was huge news last night. And, of course, uh, today's huge news is Warren is out. Elizabeth Warren is out of the race. Trump loves Hispanics. And speaking of Hispanics, there's some stuff going down right outside of Puerto Rico. But we're going to get back to Schumer. Schumer, yesterday, he's at this abortion rally that Rashida Tlaib was at. And Tlaib said that people shouldn't want to have sex with her. <laughs> and that was very odd. And I wasn't even thinking of playing that cut. But Mr. Producer is always prepared. and He actually has it. So listen to this. I mean, this type of policing of our bodies is so interconnected to all the social justice movements all around the country. I represent the third poorest congressional district in the country. This issue is an economic justice issue. This issue is a racial justice issue. And let me tell you, this obsession with our bodies. You know, I in the legislature, in the Michigan legislature for six years, used to say people to people, yo, yo, you know what? You're so freaking obsessed with what I decide to do with my body. Maybe you shouldn't even want to have sex with me or with you. Okay, I, I agree. I agree with her. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe none of us should. What, <laughs> that just stuck out at me because I, I saw it on Twitter and I was like, what is this woman saying? This woman is a congresswoman. Now, and this is not about her, but I do have to just share this point. She's a lawyer. She's a congressperson. And you would never think it. She's totally all over the place. I have to tell you, in terms of the squad, in my opinion, she is the most radical member. The most radical. She's the one that doesn't care. She screams, let's impeach this MFR. She's getting locked up, handcuffed, hands behind her back, dragged out of places. She's still screaming things now. Sitting member of Congress, don't have sex with me. Yo, yo. Whatever. I just blew me away when I saw that. I said, wow, this is really something. Economic justice. Apparently, there's justice for everything. So I'm, I'm looking for food justice. And if there's food justice, will they please have someone come and police my body? I would have a six-pack, you know. I would have a six-pack if there was someone that would police my body. But we don't have that. So Schumer decides at this same rally 
to take a page from her playbook and say something equally as radical, equally as crazy, equally as flamboyant, if you will. He decides to take shots at judges, Supreme Court justices, guys that had nothing to do with Roe versus Wade, but because they believe that Roe versus Wade is bad law, he took aim at them. Listen to this. Over the last three years, women's reproductive rights have come under attack in a way we haven't seen in modern history. From Louisiana to Missouri to Texas, Republican legislatures are waging a war on women, all women. And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. You're not going to know what to do when Hulkamania comes rolling through. Tell me he doesn't sound like a WWE wrestler. This man is out of his mind. Out of his mind. Thank God for patriots like Levin and so many others that called this guy out and Chief Justice Roberts for admonishing him publicly, saying, man, you better get right. This is dangerous. I mean, this is really interesting stuff. Now, of course, some will argue and say, now, wasn't Chuck Schumer just doing the same thing that every other person in that rally was doing, exercising his First Amendment right? I would say, of course he was. However, First Amendment rights have limits. The most famous example is you cannot yell fire in a crowded movie theater. You do not have a right to free speech to do that. I equate this to the same thing. What Schumer did is the equivalent of the the legal doctrine known as fighting words. So when Schumer says these things, it is, it's fighting words. Fighting words aren't protected by free speech. And I'm not going to get into it. You have Google, you have Bing, you have DuckDuckGo. Do what you got to do and figure out what fighting words are and how it differs from your right to free speech. And I'm not the only one that thinks this. I mean... Everybody remembers Jeffrey Tubin. Now, if you're thinking, well, that is Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> you're right. Maybe not everybody remembers him. But he was one of uh, the famous legal analysts to say funny, famous legal analyst stuff on TV. And he did the same today. Check out what he had to say about Chuck Schumer. And certainly not going to defend what Chuck Schumer said. It was wrong. It was inappropriate. Uh, it it did sound like a physical threat. I think if you look at Chuck Schumer's entire record, if you look at how he behaves, he does not threaten people physically. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I heard that and I said to myself, he does not threaten people physically. And I did not take it as Schumer does not make physical threats towards people. I took it as Tubin saying that Schumer himself is not physically threatening. Which I find funny because, you know, sometimes you need to be a little bit of a tough guy in the political world, which Schumer obviously just tried. And they're going to feel the whirlwind. And the whirlwind wasn't very whirlwinding. He spent all morning apologizing. Even Speaker Nancy Pelosi had to call him out. Listen to this. Well, he, I, I believe he also said on the floor today that his words were not appropriate. And uh, I, I support him in that. And it's unfortunate because, as you see, uh, I think the Republicans say it's okay if the president does it, but it's not okay if other people do it. It wasn't right for anybody to do it, and Chuck uh, recognized those words. So back to Schumer's apology. 
This is what he spent the whole morning doing. Listen to what he had to say and how he worms his way out of this one. Now, I should not have used the words I used yesterday. They didn't come out the way I intended to. My point was that there would be political consequences, political consequences, for President Trump and Senate Republicans if the Supreme Court, with the newly confirmed justices, stripped away a woman's right to choose. Of course, I didn't intend to to suggest anything other than political and public opinion consequences for the Supreme Court, and it is a gross distortion to imply otherwise. I'm from Brooklyn. We speak in strong language. I shouldn't have used the words I did, but in no way was I making a threat. I never, never would do such a thing. And Leader McConnell knows that. And Republicans who are busy manufacturing outrage over these comments know that too. I can vouch for Mr. Schumer being from Brooklyn because as a kid, he was our congressman. And my mother had a lot of respect for him just because he was a member of Congress. And she would always say, make sure you say hello to Mr. Schumer when he comes by. And I would always say hello, Mr. Schumer. And he was always very polite. And he he was very good at working uh, the, the crowd, very good at putting on a good face around the constituents. Now, like I said, being from Brooklyn, too, I think that all New Yorkers share this. This is a problem that I have as well, to be honest, as does Mr. Cementa, as does President Trump. The tough talk oftentimes gets us in trouble. People always misunderstand me, in particular, like when we're in the middle of doing live radio. I like to, I guess, compare that to making an omelet. And like the saying goes, when you're making an omelet, you're going to crack some eggs. That's how live radio is sometimes. Not everybody gets in. People get cut off. It happens. There's only a certain amount of seconds per minute that we have. And sometimes people get so bent out of shape. And they misunderstand everything. And they think that you're the worst guy on the planet when you're just trying to make the best use of each second that you can. This is why Mr. Cementa doesn't even talk. Right? See? There you go. So the bottom line here, Schumer got tough for five seconds. It blew up in his face. He looked weird doing it. He sounded even funnier doing it. And now he's got egg on his face. Keep it locked right here. Straight ahead, we're going to listen to what President Trump had to say at the Latino Coalition Summit. Straight ahead, I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. This is Rich Valdez, and we are still here in New York City trying to bring you everything we've got. And hopefully we're succeeding. Check this out. Yesterday, President Trump was at the Latino Coalition Summit talking about his accomplishments within the economy, within unemployment, within home ownership, within so many different areas that are somewhat interconnected and how they respectively and interconnectedly affect Americans of Hispanic descent. Here's what he had to say. 
Under the booming Trump economy, Latinos are achieving record gains. Since my election, we have created 7 million new jobs, a really unthought-of number. They thought that it would be two. Uh, The prediction was two, maybe less than two, and that would have been good. We did seven. We've created 3 million new jobs for Hispanic Americans. Hispanic American unemployment has fallen to the lowest rate ever recorded. More than 600,000 Hispanic Americans have been lifted out of poverty. That's a record. Median. Yeah. Great. Median household income for Hispanic Americans surpassed $50,000 a year for the first time ever. And it's now at the highest level in American history. That's something really special, too. A record share of Hispanic households are now earning over $200,000 per year. And we've increased Hispanic American home ownership by more than half a million homes. That's tremendous. We've seen the largest net gain in Hispanic American homeowners ever recorded. Our agenda is delivering remarkable opportunity and security to millions of hardworking Hispanic American families. Nearly 40 million Hispanic Americans live in households benefiting from our expansion of the child tax credit, a big deal providing an extra $2,000 yearly for the average family of four. To help working parents, we're fighting to make child care more affordable and expanding access to paid family leave. We're doing it like nobody's ever done it before. Now, some people might want to disagree with the president, but the reality is those are the facts. And facts matter. In a time where facts are constantly contested, we need to rely on facts. That's why I always go, and if you follow me on Twitter, at Rich Valdez with an S, you'll see I just tweeted something out from JustFacts.com, F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. JustFacts.com puts out great information. They just put out something debunking AOC's Green New Deal stuff. And this is important because she makes all these outlandish allegations, and again, then the facts come into play. And when facts come into play, it's like, oh, wow. That didn't make sense, or wow, that sounds like a whole lot of, you get my drift. So, make sure you check out JustFacts.com. Now, with respect to the president's record regarding Hispanics, he's spot on. For all Americans, not just Hispanics, wages are going up. More people are employed. More vacations are being taken. 401ks are up. Three million new jobs. And Hispanic home ownership is up as well. Not too shabby. And like the president said, I think it's a big deal. And it's always a big deal when the president shouts out an entire ethnicity, which I think is funny. Now, a lot of people think that President Trump is making light or being dismissive. But I got a little insider info. When he says Hispanic, I love Hispanic. And we're going to play that for you in a second. But the reason he says that is because an advisor told him, look, Contrary to what you hear in the left-wing media, even me, Hispanic and Latino are not necessarily interchangeable. In fact, there is a huge number of Hispanics that reject being called Latino. Yes, you heard that right. The Latinos don't like being called Latino. This is true. I really don't care because I realize that this is, was taught to me by an anthropologist. And who really goes out of their way and goes to, the, to get their anthropology consult to understand the right way to um, identify someone? So I'm not going to be one of these people that say, hey, you're misidentifying me. 
I'm an American. But I will say that the term Latino has some negative connotations coming from articles that were written in the Los Angeles Times in the late 70s, early 80s. And that's a different story for a different day. But the real difference here is that, for example, take a guy like me. My parents, both born in Puerto Rico. We're not Mexican. I know, shocker for so many of you. Puerto Ricans are American and we're not Mexican. We don't even eat tacos. So that's important because we're part of the Caribbean, el Caribe. Somos caribeño. We're not from Central America, South America, even Latin America. So by definition, Cubans, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans are not Latinos. But culturally, it's an adopted term that I don't reject. I'm all for it. Because I understand that when people refer to me as a Latino, they're doing that from a good place. They're not trying to use it as a pejorative to say that I'm coming from Latin America like a drug trafficker or something like that, which is kind of how it was painted in the early 80s. So all that being said, that's the difference that Hispanics is an all-encompassing term for people that come from countries that speak Spanish of or having to do with Spanish and Latinos coming from Latin America. And there's more to it than that. I'm oversimplifying a little bit. But all of that being said, that's your fun fact for the day. And again, this is why I laugh and I really enjoy it when Trump says, I love Hispanic. Listen to this. Pretty good. When I'm on a debate, they're saying, we're going to do this. So we're, I said, listen, we have the best unemployment numbers in the history of our country. African-American unemployment. Hispanic-American. Hispanic. We got a lot of Hispanic. I love Hispanic. Who in this audience is Hispanic? Yeah. We're doing great. Up next, we're going to hear about what's going on in the Caribbean, just outside of Puerto Rico, with a Dominican Republic cruise liner that's going through a little bit of a problem. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. All right, so we're back. It's Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and I'm reading from the DominicanToday.com website. San Juan. News of the first confirmed case of coronavirus in the Dominican Republic. An Italian tourist has begun to have implications on board Ferries del Caribe, a cruise liner. None of the crew members coming for the Dominican Republic will be able to disembark in Puerto Rico until March 7th, which is 14 days past the incubation period for the coronavirus. This is being done as a preventive measure. Executive Director Joel Pisa from the Puerto Rico Port Authority says that they all took additional measures, both at airports and seaports, to continue to safeguard the American people living on the island. This is what's going on. And we should be encouraged that our federal government has led this charge, our state governments are following suit, and what is currently, for the last month, 
been wreaking havoc in so many countries is something that is being managed thus far quite effectively. And I have to say, I think I agree with the president. Last night he was on Fox News and he mentioned that he disagreed with the current World Health Organization projection that the ceiling for the amount of the global population that might be affected is 3%, meaning we have a 97% chance of not being affected by this. But President Trump pushed back and said he felt that from his conversations with people at the CDC and everybody he's dealing with in the federal government, he felt that it would be less than 1%. This is a thought that's shared by others, including um, the chief investigators from Johns Hopkins, saying that they also agree that the impact is going to be less than 1%. And that while this is a deadly virus, it's typically only deadly to people who are already immunocompromised. So I'll take those odds. 97% sign me up. Strong immune system, super. I'm probably just not going to take a cruise. And as always, you can find everything that we're talking about, the articles that we share at the website, richvaldez.com, therichvaldez.com, and that's Valdez with an S, and on Twitter, Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Cementa, that's also with an S, on Twitter. And always keep in mind that if you stand for nothing, you fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to succeed or triumph It's for good people like you to do nothing. So do something, know something, read something, and say something. Until the next time, America, I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 